Hey, hey, podcast listeners. I hope everyone's having a super week. So glad to have you back again for another week of the Superhero Movie Club podcast. As you know, this will be our sixth episode, The Wolverine. But first, before we get into that, I want to dish out a few phenomenal thank yous. A shout out to our fans in Sweden. Um, don't know who you are, but it's really cool that there are people not in America that dig this show. And of course, to the person who gave us our first iTunes review, Freezy or Freeze220, uh, you are the coolest. And of course, a huge, 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 huge thank you to the Reddit community, because oh my goodness, Skylar and I set up a program where we were going to sit through and you know, review a bunch of new podcasts because, you know, we're all in it together. We're a bunch of people who are new to podcasting or um, have been in it for a while and just want some some feedback. And uh, we thought, you know what, we should uh, review other people's podcasts and then kindly ask them if they would do the same for us. And what a response. Just nuts. So thank you, everyone who has reviewed um, the Superhero Movie Club and given it a gracious rating. Oh my goodness. And your podcast is on my list. So don't you fret. Uh, We got a lot of stuff to do, but you will not be forgotten. That is a guarantee. So in this episode, we have Grant Austin coming around, our resident hunk scientist. He's currently studying biochemistry in the University of Kentucky, pursuing his MD. So it's all really great to have him on for a couple episodes before he had to go back. And of course, to all the ladies out there, he's single. Again, thanks so much to all those Redditors that found that podcast exchange that we put up and for just being such kind, amazing people. Um, We're so glad that you are now a part of this show. Also, if any of you want to have us read anything on our next episode, you feel free to email us at shmcpodcast at gmail.com. We will certainly take a look if you want some shout outs that you want read or if you just want to talk about how hunky that Grant Austin guy is, you sure bet we'll tell him. Oh, you betcha. (laughs) Really Minnesota moment there. (laughs) All right. Without further ado, here is season two, episode two, The Wolverine. Welcome to another episode of the Superhero Movie Club. We do comic book movie talk, modern to old, where it began, the final product, and its future. We cover everything about the movies, budget, themes, music, source books, and hell, even the science. I'm your host, James Schuyler Houtsma. I'm Michael Maurer, and we have a special guest today, one of our pre-med friends here to talk about science. Grant Austin. (laughs) The soft-spoken Grant Austin. (laughs) Ah. Don't worry. And what's this week's topic, Skyler? Oh, uh, this week's topic is the Wolverine. Oh, 
Wolverine. Sneaked. In Japan. <laughs> in Japan. Uh, Grant, could I get your first opinion on the film? Well, I haven't actually ever seen it, so I'm really wondering why you chose me to be your science expert on this movie. Well, you like comic book movies, you know a lot about stuff, and you should have seen the film. Anyway, I watched the film again last night, and I'd have to say, wow, that was pretty boring. Um, In theaters, I was slightly more entertained. Everything was new. It was still novel. But the replay value on the Wolverine is pretty low. Uh, there were some pretty awesome action scenes. I do have to give them credit for that. But in terms of just dialogue, there was nothing juicy at all. It was so bland and so bleh. And I just kind of wonder, like, where did this take the character of Wolverine from where he started? I mean, the, the letting go of Gene would be the whole thing is that you had the, the memories of gene and then now they're gone so i suppose that is a bit of a movement it just didn't feel like enough for two hours worth but skylar you know what time it is we promised the fans last time oh geez or the fan i don't know maybe we only have one it's <laughs> fair to say i'm a fan mower oh, it's thanks spoiler it's my mom <laughs> <laughs> Skylar, uh, if you tuned in last week, I sang my review of, or my first opinion, on Thor The Dark World to the tune of A Whole New World. Skylar, what tune have you picked out to sing your review of The Wolverine to? All right, well, to be timely, I was mulling it over this past week, and I went and saw The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies, so I'm using the tune of The Last Goodbye from that film. Take it away. Need a beat? Are you gonna you gonna play some song? Or are you just gonna go acapella? Uh, I should probably like I don't know maybe find a starting note. That might be good. <laughs> do do F flat. That's not an F flat. Also known as E. <laughs> <laughs> Music jokes. <laughs> Our fans really dig those. <laughs> Right, I'll take try and keep. Do you want to count off? Do you want? No, I'll try and keep this going as long as I can. But right, take no it problems. away. Woo me with your words. Wolverine returns to screens in a film that doesn't blow. It's action-packed, except when it's slow. The ending's dumb, but kind of fun. Going. Oh. Beyond that, Hugh Jackman's good. <laughs> okay, I can't do it anymore. That's it? <laughs> yeah. That's about as long as you went last time, so. Yeah, but I expected more from you. Well, I got a laugh out of you, so I'm <laughs> I'm satisfied. <laughs> you would have said would have gotten the laugh out of me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Wolverine is a marked improvement over the first Wolverine film, but it's kind of hard not to be. Like I said, it's a film that's kind of slow and boring, a lot of spots, but... It can also be pretty entertaining, as in, you know, the bullet train scene and whatnot. And then at the end, it just kind of felt like, okay, we haven't really been an X-Men movie this whole time, so let's just throw the big metal samurai and the snake lady in there. You know, stir up crashing down very fast. Throw that whole thing in the pot, and then we'll just call it a day, okay? (laughs) It's not the best entry into the X-Men series, but it has its moments. I'd say it's about a 67 for me. 
Well, besides a critical review, well, what would you give that? Would you give that three hobbits out of five? I'd probably go closer to three and a half. Three and a half hobbits out of five. Being uh, generous. Okay, that's nice. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it three hobbits okay. out of five, or three Skylar verses of Wolverine song yes, out of five. You. We need to make titles for these things. Oh, yeah. Too good. <laughs> oh man. But besides our humble critical review, because we're professionals, uh, how much money did it make? First of all, uh, the Wolverine was made for a production budget of 120 million, which is considerably less than a lot of the other X-Men basically films. all the other X-Men films barring the original as far as worldwide gross it brought in approximately 415 million that's 132 and a half from the US and 282 from elsewhere from elsewhere, elsewhere. everywhere else everywhere else the film was released which have a fun little project and see who brings in the most money when we go to foreign markets. Something tells me Japan might have, you know, <laughs> contributed a, a pretty penny to this one. <laughs> okay, kind of like Iron Man 3 and, uh, and China. China. Oh, well, well Transformers 4 in China. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so $415 million, that's not that's, – oh, it's pretty good. All things considered, yeah. Yes. that's It's not probably what they wanted. They probably wanted more because for 2013, in terms of uh, domestic gross – it was 22nd. 400 million is the cutoff point for what people consider an international blockbuster. Like, a movie has to make 100 million in the U.S. to be a domestic blockbuster, but 400 mil everywhere for an international blockbuster. So it reached that in both areas. Would you like to know what it was worldwide? I just found it. I What? What is it? It's 15. 15. Wow. Moved seven spots? Yep. Um... Let's see. It made 32% of its money in the U.S. as opposed to 68 from elsewhere. I'd say it was more successful in the not United States than well, not. So is almost every movie that's a sequel nowadays. Well, true. And to put that into perspective, it was made for less but earned more than X-Men Origins Wolverine. It's the lowest grossing X-Men film in the U.S., but it was kind of mid-range as far as worldwide World ride. I, I every time, every time, every time. It's world not going to ride. World ride on the world ride train to the next theater. World ride. Ah, <sighs> all right. So let's talk Speech a little bit about more stupid things involved in this silly, silly movie that was just a action flick for men um, <laughs> with a weird romantic subplot. So new characters that they brought from comic books, specifically introduced in this film. Include Yukio, the red-headed swordswoman, who turns out to be Wolverine's bodyguard towards the end. Might I say, has the most pronounced cranium I have ever seen. <laughs> like, it's just, her head is just balloon-shaped in that it's enormous <laughs> on top, and then once you go down to the jawline, it's like, <laughs> The helium gets a little leaked out. <laughs> yep. Uh, after that's Yashiro Mariko, uh, a.k.a the female love interest for the whole film. And then Viper. Mm, okay. Dr. Green, AKA uh, the silver samurai, both of them. So I'll get to that. Silver samurai was very confusingly done in this film <laughs> so much that I didn't really even follow it at the end, but you have Yukio who was made in 1982 and premiered in the comic book Wolverine. Number one, she in the comp, well, no, this is her comic book per personality, not her movie personality. 
she's an ally of the X-Men and a samurai without a master, a.k.a. a ronin, cause swoops in every time X-Men go to Japan, pretty much Yukio's there. That's just sort of like, oh, yeah, we haven't used that character in a while. Throw her back in. Uh, her claim to fame is uh, when Wolverine and Yashida had a kid called Amiko. Um, Wolverine gave that kid to foster parents. Those foster parents were jerks. And then Wolverine gave that kid to Yukio. So now Yukio is raising a child. That's sort of, I think, where they've left her. <laughs> Still raising Yashida and Wolverine's kid. Yashida, made in 1979, a little bit earlier, showed up in Uncanny X-Men 173. Same thing that happened in the movie is that Wolverine killed her father in front of her. Well, well, not father, grandfather, right? What's the difference? <laughs> well, he kind of turns into young father at the end there. Weirdly. True. <laughs> like all the liver spots went away. <laughs> Morgan Freeman absorbed them all. <laughs> <laughs> but again, every time the X-Men show up in Japan, Yashida's there, and we got to bring up that past with Wolverine and how it's never going to work out. She's too good. He's too bad. But I remember just looking over her history. She died because she was assassinated by a rival gang, um, because she got poisoned by a rival gang. In response to that, Wolverine found the assassin, and every year on the anniversary of Yashido's death, he dismembers a piece of that assassin. Wow. Talk about holding on to a grudge for <laughs> ever. Pretty a brutal plot point. <laughs> yeah. Just, I was looking at it like, whoa, all right, Wikipedia, way to just dumb that one down for me. I'm pretty sure that's pretty messed up. Birthdays and anniversaries are just not a good thing for Wolverine, because on that one, he just dismembers the guy. On his birthday, Sabretooth just comes and beats the crap out of him. <laughs> just for kicks. Remember me, kid? Pow, 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 pow. Have a nice birthday. His calendars just must be the devil for him. <laughs> yeah. Well, you live that long, it's like, uh, all bad, all days turn into bad days at that point. <laughs> right. And then there's Viper, a.k.a. Dr. Green, was her other name in this film. Now, she's mostly a Captain America character, because she just showed up in Captain America 157 originally, back in 1973, going on the way back. But the film portrayal of her has almost no correlation. They gave her mutant powers... It's fine. Fits the plot. Sure. Why not? But in the comic books, she's just like a member of Hydra. She's like a high-ranking member of Hydra and later a member of like a serpent society thing. Not really important, but basically the character archetypes have almost no similarities. She, her, she was just kind of used for namesake, which is fine. And then finally, the most confusing of the characters, the Silver Samurai or... Kenichi Harada or Kenichio Harada I don't know how to pronounce the alter ego's name but that character name Harada was Asian Hawkeye in the film just to just to keep things keep things straight but by the end of the Wolverine film Harada never put on a silver samurai suit Papa Yashida did and he he used like a giant adamantium suit that just swings blades around willy nilly in the book this is very different Harada is like a a, a gang member in Japan, he always wears silver samurai armor, and he's a mutant with the ability to energy charge his katana. Weirdly specific mutant power. Would you be surprised that it happens a lot in X-Men? Uh, kind of like Dazzler. Ugh. I can turn light into sound. <laughs> nope, sorry, other way around. I can turn sound into light. 
Okay. Dazzler, the greatest comic book character known to man. But that's really like it's they they kind of just separated the the two parts about that character. Like, uh, we'll give the name to this guy who can shoot with a bow and arrow, and we'll give the suit to the main antagonist. It seems like they were just trying to divert the comic book fans as much as possible. Like, where's the silver samurai suit showing up? Who's gonna wear it? And it kind of at the end, we're like, I don't even care anymore. There's <laughs> <sighs> a lot of bit to get through there. There's Ooh. a fair amount of characters and their weird comic book backstories. Indeed, for me. Well, on the music end of things, much like uh, last week's episode with Thor The Dark World, uh, the soundtrack to The Wolverine is not really anything to write home about, but it is quite different in that it's a much more pared-down sounding Music than what the hell does that phrase mean? Then uh, Thor: The Dark World. They in paired that, up like the fiddlers, and they brought them down. They, they paired up the saxophones, and they brought no. them down. What did, no. what is pared down? Okay, as I was, they ex- threw them down with pears. Yeah, okay, anyway. I'll stop interrupting. Anyway, I'm sorry. No, I'm no, I'm get out. So sorry. <laughs> Thor: The Dark World soundtrack was big, boisterous, had hundred piece orchestra, whatever. Wolverine soundtrack, not quite so much. Just one dude and his guitar. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, might as well have been. I mean, for how effective it was, I, maybe that would have been better. But um, soundtrack. Jason Mraz to do the soundtrack. <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> Wolverine running through the woods. <laughs> Willie Nelson. He's got the remedy. <laughs> yeah. Carry on. I'm sorry. I just want to throw in so many more jokes because this soundtrack wasn't that great. He's doing impromptu heart surgery. <laughs> <laughs> soundtrack here is done by Marco Beltrami. He's been around Hollywood for, I don't know, a lot of years. Um, I think he also did the director, James Mangold's film, 310 to Yuma. So that's probably how they know each other. And for this one, not much to say about it other than the sound of it tries to go for the whole traditional Japanese feel, despite the fact being that it's not all that interesting. I would say it gets some of that right. Let's take a listen to the track Logan's Run, seen in ha. the... I, I get it. <laughs> Which is features in the scene where I believe he's going after Mariko, who's been kidnapped... The fourth time? The third time? Probably the first. Okay, just the first time. Yeah. say that was getting me ramped up good like, good i don't remember that track being in the movie <laughs> <laughs> well like i said downplayed music not anything really noticeable oh, is that what pared down means is that is what pared down they, means. they didn't bring it up like it was just really it was a lot no worse. they just brought it down as in like in your consciousness it's like ah oh, yes chasing 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 music chasing music chasing music i'm like they should have played that up that was pretty good i gotta say yeah definitely i enjoyed that um what was i gonna say instead they overemphasized i I, if i had more time i would have made a montage of the amount of times hugh jackman grunts in pain in this film (laughs) 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 he just gets stabbed gets
grunts and moves on. <laughs> Which brings us to the track, wouldn't you know it, called The Wolverine, featured during the fight with the not Silver Samurai? The Silver Samurai suit of armor. We refer to them as Asian Hawkeye and Silver Samurai armor. Okay, the traditional Silver Samurai armor after he had his little heart surgery fiasco and the dude tacks him during that. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, what? The regular dad who just grabbed the sword. Oh, the regular dad that looks like Mariko's brother. Their age difference does not really show. Yeah, no. And I will admit, I was watching that film without subtitles and I didn't really catch up on the mother or on the father-daughter vibe, so I totally thought they were brother-sister. Oh. I was like, ooh, dang, ooh. this is weird. It's <laughs> <laughs> a weird relationship they've got. Oh, it's like Thanksgiving all over again. I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> no. <laughs> but keeping in with that kind of pared-down uh, sound, this track is basically made up of a bunch of long tones, swelling, just basically kind of like the heroic sound, whatever. Okay. That's so, a long toad. Let's take a listen and hear it. Oh, <laughs> good one. Well, insert bland theme music here. Oh, my goodness. There's no distinctive sound in that clip whatsoever. No, not at all. (laughs) Dum. Dum. With a couple of drums. Dum. 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 It's like, what what movie am I watching? Very drum heavy. Am I watching something with uh, Sylvester Stallone? (laughs) Am I watching anything with Steven Seagal? It's just what I feel like is about to happen. Hmm. It's a sad state of affairs. All right. Finally, we're bringing it in. We're bringing him in. I know you've been hanging out in the corner there. You did the same thing Shmo did, but Shmo had actually seen Captain America. <laughs> but unfortunately, you haven't. Come, come in. Come in closer. You're, you're so far away. You're so, you're just, you seem to be like just huddling in the corner over there. Grant, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm doing good. All right. I'm having fun. Oh, good. It's wonderful. Now, Grant, we brought you in because you know more about science stuff than we do. I mean, we're just a bunch of dipwits. We talk about music and comic books. Dipwits? Yeah. I think uh, it's a dimwit. It's whatever it. you want it to be, Grant. <laughs> just, see? He's already smarter than us. You doing this already? You just corrected me on my word usage. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize. So we wanted to talk to you about a couple scenes. Most notably, the nuclear bomb scene that happens in the beginning of the film when Papa Yashida is in World War II Japan, Nagasaki, ground zero of the atomic bomb strike in August of 1945, I believe. He looks right at the bomb as it detonates and then runs into a hole and Wolverine presses a piece of metal on him and sort of shields him with his healing factor body and he's okay. He's uh, no problem. He's going to live a long, healthy life for about 90 years until he's like, nope, I don't want to die. I'm going to find that healing guy again and take his power from him. He did get a little nasty face goop thing going on with the... Well, liver spot. Yeah, he just had a nice liver spot. It wasn't well, so much no, a liver like spot. In the scene, there was a hole in the shield that Wolverine was using, that big metal plate, yeah. and 
that was the only part of the Japanese guy's body that got burned. Yeah. And so... So let's take this step by step. All right. You're on a beach. I don't know how many miles away, how many clicks away from ground zero. It looked like a... A few miles. Amount. Yeah, he gets a little fair. He watches it. Pew, like, how much time do you get when a nuclear bomb goes off? Well, the initial light burst that's going to happen from that explosion is going to be really quick. And you were saying something earlier about how it would pretty much blind you if you looked right at it. And I don't doubt that that's true. But in a movie, you can't really just have one of the main characters go blind in the first five minutes. It doesn't make for a very compelling character fair i'll give you that one Um, daredevil okay but also being that he was a couple miles away maybe it wasn't as intense and he might have just had some minor damage to his eyes but anyway that's pretty instant because light travels really fast but then the sound wave and like the shock wave that's coming off of it you would get uh depending on the distance anywhere from like 10 to 20 seconds so maybe they had enough time to get into that hole. It's really hard to say without knowing exactly how far away they were. So that big rush, was that the shockwave coming? Yes. Okay. So that's fine. But it just seemed like it was going too slow. I feel as if the shockwave would have moved a lot faster. Well, really it doesn't because, like, we have planes that move five times the speed of sound. And the speed of sound is really not that fast compared to the speed of light. So you would have pretty significant amount of time if you were really as far away as they seemed from the explosion. All right. So then after that, they outrun the shockwave. So whoosh. All right. They're in a hole. That's fine. After that Well, comes- actually, before that, though, Japanese guy gets in the hole just fine. He is ahead of uh, Wolverine. But Wolverine gets caught by the actual, like, explosion and the shockwave. And somehow it pushes him directly on top of the hole. And I don't know. I just wanted to point that out, that that was pretty impractical. (laughs) So, okay. So they're both in the hole. We've gotten to that point. And we we can say that's okay. They're fine at this point. Next comes the heat. Which is going to be an extreme amount of heat. And the fire is going into the open hole, down on top of them. And Wolverine obviously gets very, very burned, but he has healing factor, so he's going to be okay. But that heat is pretty similar to how hot the sun is, which the Japanese guy with just one sheet of metal on top of him is probably not going to fare as well as he did, given that all that happened was a minor like face burn from the tiny hole that was in the metal plate. You know, that movie trope of as long as I get away from the direct path the fire is going, I will be fine. Yeah. And to give you an idea of how hot a nuclear bomb is, within like a mile or two of ground zero, it was hot enough to burn shadows onto buildings. So It's pretty hot. Yeah. It just seems weirdly hot. Like, I don't even know how that works kind of hot. You know, to be honest, I don't really either. That's physics beyond my knowledge, but still... <laughs> So we've sort of debunked the nuclear, whereas half of it was good job, uh, James Mangold. The other half is like, all right, we got to keep the story going. <laughs> but give me the bullet train scene. You watch the bullet train scene. How fast a bullet train going is like 100. In the movie, they said like 300 miles per hour. Which is totally reasonable. I don't really know like what time this is happening at. I'm assuming modern day. So it probably is around 300 miles an hour. Okay. But bullet trains can go anywhere from like... 150 to probably pretty close to 400 nowadays. So they're, they're on top fast. of a bullet train. Yes. And Wolverine's got his claws in the bullet train. And there's two other dudes using knives to hold on. 
and then they jump up in the air a bunch of times to create some fun stuff. Now, when you're jumping up in the air in a bullet train, I would like to call a little BS there, and I feel as if you're going so fast, you're going to fly in different directions. Yes. Primarily, you're actually not moving that much. It's really just the train is moving underneath you. But the train is maybe 10 feet wide, and you don't know what... There could be wind. Uh, there's this slipstream from the train that's pushing you around. So, but primarily, you're just moving up and down, and the train is just moving really fast underneath you. That being said, you're right. It is pretty unlikely that they're able to jump up and down repeatedly and keep landing on the train without rolling off. Because when you land, unless you like instantly put the knife back into the train to hold yourself steady, you're going to bounce, you're going to roll a little bit. Like there's lots of forces going on in that scenario. And you really have to have some pretty spectacular control over your body to keep on top of the train. Going 400 miles an hour, you just have to imagine that the slipstream from that train is pretty extreme, pretty comparable to the winds in like a hurricane. And those blow cars like Yes. Blow them away. Yes. These guys, the Yakuza, are just human. They're not Wolverine. They don't have crazy strength and adamantium skeleton and healing factor and all that. They're just regular guys who just happen to work in the Japanese mafia. So I think it's a little ridiculous that they're able to hold on to just a knife and not go flying off of the train just from the slipstream alone. Well, we'll debunk that one too, but it is a movie and that scene was pretty dope. Yeah, that was probably, of the two scenes that I saw, the atomic bomb and the bullet train scene, the bullet train scene was definitely better. And from what you guys have said, it's pretty much the highlight of the action in the movie. So <laughs> No, we're going to get to the speculation and fun time right now. Are you ready, Skylar? Oh, yes. Lay the beat. Fun time. Speculation. Fun time. Good. Yeah, that's how we do it. That's how we bring it into this section. We're so cool. Every time. No matter what. That was beautiful, guys. (laughs) All right. So, whoa, okay. The first thing you have on this list is Darren Aronofsky. Oh, yeah. Who Um, the heck is that? Darren Aronofsky is the director of movies like Requiem for a Dream, uh, Black Swan, and most recently Noah. And he was almost the director of this movie. Ooh. Basically, once they started, you know, formulating, oh, we want to do another Wolverine movie. He signed up right away, and it was going to be his kind of passion project, and it was going to be the same storyline, but I think right around the time of the 2011 earthquake and tsunami that happened in Japan, he dropped out due to, I don't know, I think it was like issues that he didn't want to be away from his family for like two and a half years, which I guess is understandable. I guess. I guess. Completely. Selfish ass. (laughs) 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 Yeah, right. dreadfully ironic oh yes <laughs> anyway uh james mangold stepped in after he was done uh the movie was written by christopher mcquarrie who i believe he is known for movies like usual suspects uh jack reacher uh most recently edge of tomorrow with tom cruise he does a lot of tom yeah, cruise movies tom cruise movie <laughs> yeah and he's directing the next mission impossible movie so good for him yes good for him they're doing more of those oh yes <laughs> Because they actually got good after money. the third one. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, next name on the list for fun facts is that Jessica Biel was originally 
going to play the character of Viper, Doctor Green, not Viper or whatever. Just it's just just say Doctor. Yeah, we'll Let's just, just say Viper. It's the movie Viper. Okay, movie Viper, Snake Lady. Snake Lady. Yeah, but she had some weird tongue. CGI. Yeah, I just remember watching the trailer when it first came out, and she's like pulling her face off and stuff, and it's like that is nasty. <laughs> <laughs> but that didn't pan out, and instead we got a Russian actress whose name I don't even want to attempt. Yeah, not even going to give no, both ends. I can't. Sorry, even. lady. Yeah, you were you were pretty good in the film. I'll give you that, but we're not going to give you your name. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. What's up? Oh, wait. Ooh, I know this part. The extended cut with oh, the yeah. door. I didn't see any classic costume nonsense, though. I see you have that written down. Okay. Um, Let's start with the gore. Okay. It's one scene, right? Technically, it's more than one. First of all, Wolverine's the first X-Men movie to have an un- extended, unrated cut to it. So, Ooh. hooray for James Mangold and whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Having extra stuff in his film. <laughs> right, exactly. When it came out on Blu-ray last uh, winter, it came with an extended cut that had a lot of gore in it or just gratuitous amounts of blood. Because I remember when the movie was coming out, people were like, it's not going to be a Wolverine movie unless you, you see the blood and the good. Yeah, and whatever. People equals a group of 70-year-old men. Oh, yes. <laughs> Only in spirit, but in the extended cut, you had the gore, and then you also had a lot of added subplots. I know there's an extra scene where they're at, like, you know, the Love Hotel or something, and the Yakuza shows up and just beats him up, and that's the first time we see Mariko's knife throwing? Knife throwing skills? Yeah. Because that's a weird thing to excel at at a camp. She said, she's like, oh, yeah. Me and Harada, we were at this camp. He was the best at archery, and I was the best at knife throwing. What the heck kind of camp are you going to? It's like your camps go hard, don't they? (laughs) (laughs) All right, now here's the knife throwing contest. Here you go. Uh, Yashida, good job, good job. job. Uh, Harada, uh, stick to your little bow and arrow there. You you bring dishonor on your family? <laughs> no, we weren't gonna do that in this episode. And you, just I don't know about you. I don't know about you. I was always gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting for the right moment. Oh yes, uh, and then most notably is during the the end of the second act. I call it the pincushion scene where <laughs> the, just, it the gets ninja really fight. Yeah, it's a ninja fight. No, it's the pincushion scene where it gets really lousy and they put a bunch of arrows in, and there's just a really funny shot. But that is majorly extended where. Uh, Yukio shows up with a snowblower, and things get graphic. <laughs> it's not really a snowblower, because I don't think snowblowers can be that dangerous. Uh, yeah, some, something well, happened with the... Japanese snowblowers, so maybe. Something happened with the, pr- the production of that snowblower. You know, it turned into a killing machine. <laughs> yeah. It's just a combine in the snow, just... <laughs> And then running over ninjas left and right. The thing's not even going that fast. Oh, no. It's just like maybe like four feet wide and stuff. Also, all the ninjas are from the school of uh, Prometheus running. Well, oh, just yeah. take a left, guys. Just, the thing doesn't turn on a, on a dime. Just, it's like a block. It's a toaster. Just get out of the way. It's a toaster with teeth. <laughs> That's what that little thing is, and it's murdering ninjas left and right. Must run toward it. Oh, my goodness. That already kind of lousy scene became... Even more lousy. Mm. Well, well, it was. It was like, oh, this is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like you. You were trying to keep it nice and serious for a little bit there, and then I could see why they took that that scene out, um, because it added a tremendously cheesy element to the whole film. Oh yes, 
Like that was that was some X Men Origins Wolverine stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're not gonna bring that up again. That is another way to look at it. We may be bashing on this film for not being that great, but when you compare it to X Men War- Origins Wolverine, oh, it's the Shawshank Redemption in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> I concur. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Forrest Gump, but that's good enough. Okay. <laughs> the last thing I have written on here about the extended cut, actually, now that I recall, it didn't actually happen in the extended cut. It happened in the deleted scenes. Uh, it ha- weren't in the extended cut. <laughs> well, look. Because <laughs> deleted scenes get put into the extended cut. Yeah, and they left this one on, like, a deleted scene of the extended cut. It's like... Okay. This wasn't even good enough for the second run. You get your big-ass <laughs> Blu-ray thing, and it's like, here's the 3D version, here's the extended cut disc, here's the regular disc, and here's the DVD, and then here's a disc with some deleted scenes. And it's like, guys, condense it. But, no, this happened on the uh, deleted scene it, on whatever disc it was. Uh, it's the last scene of the film where Wolverine and Yukio are on the plane, and he's like, where do you want to go? I don't know. But she gives him this box, and he's like... <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, what's this? And he opens it up, and it's the classic Wolverine costume. Oh, with the yellow and The yellow blue. and, yeah. Ugh, it's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was, it was, was kind of funky looking, but it was a nice nod to the fact that he hasn't worn this thing in his entirety for all these X-Men movies. Which, you know, make your case for <laughs> good a, or bad. There's a good reason for that. The Problem. thing looks ridiculous. It does. It's oddly, it still works in the comic books. Still, I don't get it, but it does. Yeah. Anyway, uh, finally, finally, the second half of fun facts and speculation. Speculation. Oh, yes. All right. We're getting farther and farther away from where things aren't actually happening. <laughs> where we can't really speculate on anything because it's already happened. Because the sequel, this is like one of the first times where the sequel to this film has actually come out. It's right. not the sequel to this film. It's a sequel to the franchise. Right. It's the next installment. So I guess it's not the first because Thor, the sequel to the franchise, would have been Captain America. But anyway, we have another solo Wolverine movie coming out that is confirmed. Yep. Is it going to have a subtitle? Do we have a... A plot? Do we have any information about it? The information we have about it right now, as of December 2014, it's coming out March 2017. Mangold and Hugh Jackman are coming back, as is the chick who plays Yukio, I'm pretty sure. Uh, They've said it's going to be based on another classic Wolverine comic story. Probably not in Japan, but I don't know, maybe some Weapon X follow-up or whatnot. And beyond that, not really a whole lot. That's okay. It's three years away. It's yes. very old, well, too. It's two years away. It's very far away. I'm just curious as to how much the Wolverine factored into, we darted on Days of Future Past, how much did this film really even matter to Days of Future Past, other well, than just bring up questions? Well, the thing about the relationship between uh, Wolverine and Days of Future Past, we have the post credit scene in the Wolverine that directly leads into Days of Future Past. It's an amazing post credit scene that had me on the edge of my seat. It was a phenomenal. You know, Honestly, you highlight of the film. Pretty much. I mean, without that scene, would have walked out like, okay. and then, But with this scene, it's like, oh, I'm excited for next summer. Okay. Only connection between the two is that scene. The thing about Days of Future Past is that it basically clears the map of every X-Men film that come, came before it, except First Class. This one, basically nothing that happened in this film mattered, highlighted by the fact that at the end of Wolverine, he loses his adamantium claws, beginning of Days of Future Past, 
Yeah, they're back again. We don't even need to explain it. Does the adamantium grow as well as with his healing factors become a part of his physiology by now? You know, I would have accepted that as an answer if they would have talked about it. My whole thought, and that, you know, it's not based in anything just because if I wanted an answer to it, here's what I would go with is just that Magneto, since they're they're all buddy-buddy now, probably helped him out. So Yeah, just stretched it, just moved some of the metal around. Yeah, I'm sure that felt awesome. Oh, well, he's done more painful things. Right. Like, almost die. Several uh, times. Yeah, that and how Professor X got his body back, because at the end of X-Men Last Stand, he is disintegrated, and he shoves his conscience in the post-credit scene into a vegetable man on Mirror Island. Who He's just... actually just a big eggplant. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that we're pretty sure doesn't have any likeness to him. But I like how Wolverine is like, sees Professor X show up, and he's like, oh, you're back. And Professor X says, like I said to you on your first day, Logan, you're not the only one with gifts. I'm like, okay, so are you referring to how someone changed your face so that they gave you paralysis again? Because he went into a new body. <laughs> you should be able to walk, I think, unless that body was also paralyzed from the waist down, in which case plot convenience. Yeah. Here's how I took that scene. You're back. Yep, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Ready for next summer? Yeah! Yeah! In the future past. Oh, and one last bit of speculation that we can actually talk about. Very last scene of the Wolverine that you so beautifully did in the theater of Skylar. Uh, Yukio is with him as his self-appointed bodyguard. Where is Yukio when Days of Future Past rolls around? Yeah, no kidding. We're just I- sort of assuming, I think, that she died in the whole Sentinel Blast thing. It's a pretty good assumption. I'm just curious where and when this film is going to take place is it going to be in like the old timeline before days of future past you know wiped everything away or is it going to be like in the new timeline where the x-men are back and everyone's you know happy joy joy i think that's going to wrap it up today don't you agree (laughs) skylar i agree we had a good time oh yes superhero movie club is recorded and produced in the studios of kmsu in mankato minnesota Find this podcast online at superheromovieclub.podbean.com or subscribe on iTunes. Next show's topic is... Man of Steel. Nice. I can appreciate that one. Yeah, see? We all sing along. This is, uh, this is as, lo- as well as a podcast, this is also a uh, movie review sing-along. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Heresy! <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted to throw in a quote from our next movie. And that seemed like the best <laughs> oh, place to do oh, it. Oh, yeah. Good job. <laughs> you will find them. Anyway, uh, that'll do it today. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. And I'm James Skyler Hutzma. And I'm Grant Austin. <laughs> Thank you, Grant. I hope you all have a super <laughs> week. Who am I? Am I a superhero with some claws? Or just an actor searching for applause? Wolverine has all the fans, but what about me, Hugh Jackman? Who am I? I play the Wolfman, yes, it's quite the task. In X-Men, days of future past, there's a plug. I'm at the gym doing weights each day. Hugh has got to look buff, they say. Must I lie? I cannot eat this ice cream anymore. I need a body people can adore. I gave up junk food that I know. I made that bargain long ago. And all my snacks and crisps, they're gone. 
And now this Wolverine can go on. Who am I? Who am I? I'm Wolverine. This is going to work. And so, my friend, you see it's true. I am an X-Man. Who isn't blue? Who am I? I am Wolverine. I haven't got it today. <laughs> no. <laughs> 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 Too early. A round of applause.